Good morning. Before I start, I'd just like to uh, say to Liam, Maxine, and Andy how much uh, the choice of that song uh, really blessed my heart. Not least because yesterday morning, uh, I suddenly thought about my aunt, and I never normally think about her, and I sent her a great long text. Hadn't done that for months. I haven't been in touch with her for months. Other little coincidence, I've lo- I haven't put my watch on this morning, so I looked at my mobile phone, and don't normally do that because Christian will tell me off if I looked at my mobile phone in church, and I had a text back from my aunt, and she said this in the text. Uh, Hi, I'll text you more later, uh, later. Praying for you now as you preach. Reminded me of when I saw the difference in the garden after the rain and read Psalm 42. As the deer pants uh, for the water. Just the song that we've just sang together. God bless you this morning. And I thought as we were singing that song together that really it summed up everything I need to say. That God alone is the true joy giver. You alone are our strength and our shield. And may we find that all our spirits, as we come together this morning, yield to him. Right then. If Aldridge ever had to become uh, a separate state and had to make a declaration, a unilateral declaration of independence, which, quite frankly, I think is on the cards. <laughs> what would you want to put in the Constitution? And what would you want to put as inalienable rights for the Constitution of the people of Aldridge? Turn to your neighbour, 15 seconds, tell them what you want as your rights in the Constitution. Go. Okay, any thoughts? Any thoughts? Over here. What would you want as your rights, Tom? Free speech. Free speech. Free speech. Good. Anything else? Chocolate for men. Chocolate for men. <laughs> Trust Alan to lower the tone. Mary? Yes. Yes, quite. I'll, I'll, I'll try and raise it again. Freedom of belief. Freedom of belief. Okay. Well, I think we could do worse than what the Americans decided. They said we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights. What are they? Among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I wonder how closely those people who put that document together have been reading the Gospel of John. Because John tells us, doesn't he, that Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. That's what being a Christian is all about. It's living the life that we were intended to live in all its wonderful fullness. 
John also tells us that if the Son of Man sets you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's what being a Christian is all about too. It is being free from the shackles and imprisonment of sin. But he also says, John, that Jesus tells us, I've told you all these things, that my joy might be in you, and as a result of that, that your joy will be complete. Enough said. The people of Aldridge, in their unilateral declaration of independence, could do worse than saying that we want those things, that we want life in all its fullness, we want liberty, we want freedom indeed, and the pursuit of happiness, that knowing Christ's joy in us, our joy will be full and complete. Easy. So why was I almost breaking down at the beginning of the sermon? Because it's not that easy, is it? This matter of joy, in particular. Um, And there seems to be a gap, doesn't there, between that theory that I've just said about our inalienable rights and the reality of our day-to-day lives. It may be that you've come into church this morning with thanksgiving in your heart and full of joy and praise. And if that's the case, great. Rejoice in it. Rejoice in that joy. But for others, you may be thinking that joy is completely the missing element in our day-to-day lives. I'm feeling that in my work at the moment. I go around and I find, increasingly, colleagues crushed under the weight of responsibility that is just becoming overwhelming because there's no money. And everyone in public service is feeling that at the moment, I think. And I am feeling easily crushed. In fact, I nearly phoned the wardens this week and said, I can't... I can't preach this sermon because I've just been talking to one of my colleagues and I felt like a, a, a wave of sorrow coming over me and I sucked all the joy out of him. I could see it. Just by talking, I was sucking the joy out of that situation. I thought, how can I talk to the congregation here? I felt very much like Asaph in Psalm 73 when he said... It's good to come into the house of the Lord. God blesses Israel, but my feet have almost slipped. And sometimes we feel, don't we, uh, my feet, it's not almost slipped, my feet have slipped. I was thinking about Asaph. It's a good bloke to get to know. Here's the advanced homework for you. Read the Psalms in book three. There's a lot of Psalms by Asaph in there, and he really struggles with finding joy. But he does. He says, my feet have all slipped. And I imagine him slipping down into that cave, into the darkness, where joy seems to get lost. And as I found that picture to try and 
I wondered which direction that man was facing. Whether he was facing down with his feet ready to slip to bring him down into the cave. Or whether he was resolving to find joy and to choose joy. Is Lynn here? Is Lynn True here? Lynn, I wanted to um, dedicate this sermon to you, really, because uh, I've talked to you about this before, that um, when you were praying, I think it was when you were praying for John as he left, you used the phrase, and we choose joy. And that's really stuck with me from Lynn, and I, I call it in my head the sort of the Lynn True principle, about choosing joy. And really, that's the message I want to give to us all this morning, that in order to allow the joy of the Lord to be our strength and to enable us to stand firm in the toughest of circumstances, what we need to do is to embrace the Lynn True principle. You can embrace the Lynn True as well if you want, but, but embrace the principle and to choose joy. That's what we've got to do. So now let's get on to the passage. You'll notice that the first word of chapter 4 of Philippians, Philippians is all about joy, isn't it? Have you noticed that? It's all about joy, really. What's the first word of chapter 4? Anyone remember? Therefore. therefore. That means you've got to go back to the whole of what's gone before. Because if you're saying therefore, it means you've got to take notes of what's just been said. Yeah? Got it? Which made me look all the way back through Chapter 3, why have I got this picture of somebody climbing a mountain? It's because of that bit in the, can you just see in the sort of top right, there's a, what's called a, a piton in Alp, um, Alp, uh, mountain climbing, and it's something you attach yourself to in order to allow yourself to climb. And the big therefores in the Bible are like those pitons in the side of the mountain because they allow you to attach onto something and really hold. Okay? So whenever you find a therefore in the Bible, think of that. It's something you attach yourself to to make sure that you get there and that you don't fall. So going back to the beginning of the chapter before then, because he's just said therefore at the beginning of chapter 4, we've got to see what's in chapter 3. Here's what's in chapter 3. In order, he starts off by saying, finally, folks, rejoice in the Lord. We tend to think of that verse in chapter 4, don't we? But he actually says it at the beginning of chapter 3. And then he gets lost in a bit of a sidetrack, but it's helping us to understand how we can rejoice in him. See if I can remember what the key things are. No confidence in the flesh. Knowing Christ. Forgetting what's behind. Pressing on to what's in the future. And making sure our citizenship is in heaven. And if we can grasp those, that helps us to be able to choose joy. Because if we choose to put our, our, our confidence in the flesh, in our own ability, in our own security, in I can do this and I can provide for myself, that won't bring joy. What does bring joy is knowing Christ. But knowing him not only in the power of his resurrection, we like that, but knowing him also 
in the fellowship of his suffering. In one of the sermons, we talked about forgiveness, didn't we? Talked very much about forgiveness and forgetting what is behind us. Those of us on the church weekend, one of the big things Neil Hudson talked about was praying for yesterday's disasters and talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a prerequisite of joy. We can't be joyful if we're still harboring the hurt that we feel against someone else. We can't do it. I need need to tell myself this. I am telling myself this. Don't worry. And then having prayed through the forgiveness of the past, we've got to press on to the future. We should be future-orientated people. Because we know what the future holds. We know whom we believe and we're persuaded that he is able to keep that which we've committed to him against that day. We know about it. Our citizenship is in heaven. Okay? Peter in the rock, therefore, no confidence in the flesh, no Christ power of his resurrection, yes, but also the fellowship of his suffering. Forget what's behind and forgive. Press on to the future because our citizenship is in heaven. Oh, he gets to chapter four. Did I forget to mention the unity? I did, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Yodia, Syntyche. Come on. Come on. Be of one mind together. Right, three things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. It's a command. It isn't based on, I feel good today. I'm feeling, there's lots of endorphins rolling around my body today. It's a command. Asaph has got a lot to teach us about that. Additional homework for the, um, the people who are really keen. Book three of the song, yeah? How'd you do it? It's really worth it. Rejoice in the Lord. That's important, actually. Do you know some, uh, something that really worries me at, at, at the moment, even in church circles, is that we're so easily tempted to worship the God that we invent. We don't like so many, so we think, we don't like some things that uh, perhaps the Bible teaches, and so we, we create a version of God that is okay. Rejoicing in the Lord as he reveals himself. I think it was in the first song, Uh, worship team, that we had uh, several references to the Lord Almighty, didn't we? In the first one, the the Lion and the Lamb song, and the the, the Lord Almighty comes from. That's um, a phrase that's in one of Asaph's psalms. It's uh, the psalm, how lovely are thy dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. Got Lord Almighty, it's that one. It actually is the Lord Sabaoth, which means 
the Lord of hosts, the Lord with armies. And I think another way of finding joy is being like uh, Elisha, being able to see the chariots of fire all around him and know that he was on the winning side. So worship the Lord for who he is and who he revealed and know that he is the Lord Almighty so that we can open these eyes. And when we're feeling alone and vulnerable and in the fight and being defeated, we can see around us the chariots of fire. Sounds simple, isn't it? But we've got to do it always. I can't. I want to try to do it, but I just find myself overwhelmed by other things and not able to be joyful. So feeling that, I thought back to what Helen said a couple of, was it last week or the week before? The week before, where she encouraged us to imagine Paul. I'd never thought of Philippians like that. Do you remember she said she, he, he, he wrote it when he was in prison and it probably reminded him of when he was in prison in Philippi. And he was singing those songs in the night. He certainly was in Philippi when he was in jail in Philippi, wasn't he? That's what we told. And you know, it was only this morning I thought to myself, I wonder what those songs were. I thought to myself, I bet they were the songs from the centre of Psalm, Book of Psalms, Book 3 of the Psalms, starting with Psalm 73, starting with Asaph's Psalms. Remember the homework? And as we do that we find that we are enabled to choose joy. Do you know I said um, that I had, I felt terrible because I'd sucked all the joy out of one of my colleagues. And after that meeting, I thought about it and I, and I thought, that's really, what can I do? So, uh, I repented of that meeting with him. Repentance is really underrated, I think. It's such a good thing to do. And so I sent him an email and said, Dad, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I've sucked the joy out of your working life when I should be encouraging you. And I just wanted you to know that I'm sorry for doing it. And I left it, and he didn't reply. I thought, oh, God, I've really messed it up here. And I was thinking, I need to go and pray with him. And, uh, and I thought to myself, well, the only chance I've got is early Friday morning. But I just left it. And the next day, uh, I had an email from him back. And he said, Tim, don't worry. Um, he said, it's a, privilege, it's a privilege to walk with you through these difficult times. Would you come and pray with me on Friday morning? And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's so gracious of him, and it's so gracious of God as well. 
And um, so when, <coughs> when we got there, he said, uh, the verse I wanted to give you at the time was from 1 Peter. He said, when you're going through trials uh, of lots of different sorts, remember this, that these trials are being sent to you so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, can be really tested and refined in the fire. And it goes on in the same passage to say, and you will be filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I thought to myself, Dan, you are a star man because you are someone whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And those people, we are told, the people who've got their hearts set on pilgrimage, they will make the valley of Baca like a place of springs. And you've done that for me, mate. And I thought that was absolutely worth experiencing. Okay, so Paul in the chapter before helps us to understand how we can rejoice in the, in, in the Lord always. And in the bit afterwards, he helps us too. He says, no aggro. Remember that the Lord is near. Don't be anxious. Keep praying and be thankful. So those are the, the other things I want to get into your hearts and minds and mine as well. Let your gentleness be evident to everyone. It's hard to be joyful when you're being uh, aggressive or mean. The Lord is near. The Lord is with us. He is our companion. I remember what my... Uh, great spiritual counsellor and mentor said to me, Tim, try, when you're going into a tough meeting, try and remember that the, the Lord has already been there before. And he's sitting there with you in the meeting. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. If they say that Christianity is easy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Boy, I live with a, an anxious person. Um, and we... It's hard not to be at times, but the Lord says, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Why don't we do it? Let's encourage each other to do it. Let's encourage each other to do that. And so... I found, even in the difficult circumstances that I felt this week, and I'm sure there'll be many as they come on to get a grip, I've got far worse than that. I found that studying this passage has helped me to want to choose joy and to learn these things in a deeper, transforming way. And I think of Paul in prison, singing those songs in the night. I think of Asaph saying, God, my feet have almost slipped. What are you doing? Look at all this social injustice. Why are the wicked prospering so much? And him coming through to saying, how lovely are your dwellings. Oh, Lord, my heart and soul long for the living God. And then I thought, actually, it's not Paul who enables us to choose joy. It's Paul. Paul could do that, 
because he had encountered Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. It's him who allows us to choose joy. And it's him who stands, as it were, ready to go out of the tomb as the stone is being rolled away. And as the stone is rolled away and Christ emerges from the grave, we hear his call and long for the day when, with Christ, we will stand in glory. And you know, there's a bonus to all of this as we choose joy. We will find not only that the joy of the Lord is our strength to face the, the day, but we will find that the peace of God, which just is beyond our understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. 